Welcome to Freaky Fauna Friday, where every Friday we take a little time and explore some of the freaks of nature from around the planet we cherish so deeply. So please, jump aboard and let's explore the wilds together. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am Jay. And together, we're going to talk about Freaky Thunder Friday. And we're going to talk about the Velvet Singer, the Velvet Fog. The Velvet Singer? Mm-hmm. The Velvet Glove. The Velvet Worm. Oh, the Velvet Worm. If anybody hasn't seen these guys, they are absolutely adorable. They're incredibly old life forms. They're adorable? So you imagine, like, a- anybody. Adorable. Some of the species are, like, pudgy. Like jelly or like uh, gummy bear centipedes. Okay. Like you took this really scary looking centipede and then you made it a gummy bear. Okay. That's what a lot of species look like. Velvet worm. Oh, the Onycophoria? Yeah. Otherwise known as the Onycophoria. Oh, you said it way better than me. Way better. I was practicing before the episode. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, there's a lot of different types. Many. There's there's 180 modern species. Wow. It's like, I have, an, uh, I have a skit here for it. <laughs> uh, these are really reclusive animals that have changed very little in the last 500 million years. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, 500,000, 500, 500 million? They have been in their current-ish form for the last 500 million years. That's pretty consistent. They were one of the first uh, multi-legged land animals. And if you look at their design, you kind of get that. They kind of look like if a sea slug, a gel, or a gummy bear, and a centipede had a baby. Are they related to the? Uh, uh, oh, what's that big one we talked about? Arthropleura. Yeah, arthropleura. No. Oh, okay. Now that's kind of yeah. They are they are more closely related to worms, but not quite. Okay. They have a. These guys are so cool. But there's about 180 modern species. Uh, they can be found pretty much anywhere that's moist and dark. And all of the tropics of Australia and New Zealand. Oh, so that's where they're kind of originated? Yeah. Uh, there are also there's species in Japan, Asia. I think there are species on pretty much every continent. Okay. But that's the, the big home yeah, range the home. is uh, New Zealand, Af- or Australia. Gotcha. Okay. That little corner of the globe. Yeah. Uh, they, these most, most species are really small, less than an inch. The largest reach is, though, about eight inches. Okay. Uh, and they may be related to our buddy. You remember who? Yes, I do. Who? A certain cryptid? Yeah. Mongolian deathworm. Yes, we think that the Mongolian deathworm may be a really big cousin of these. Which, yeah, we covered that on our Cryptids of the Corn pod show, podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys come in a dazzling array of colors and exhibit pretty wild and complex behaviors. Mm. They, these guys are insane. We'll, we'll start going through them. I can have some freaky fun of facts for you. Velvet worms have a hydraulic skeleton. That sounds just sounds awesome. These guys are so weird. Velvet worms don't have any kind of hard exoskeleton like arthropods. Instead, they have fluid-filled body cavities that are converted into a thin skin kept rigid by very pressurized internal liquids. Hmm. They move by alterating these fluid pressurization system in their limbs to extend to extend and contract along their body. Interesting. These guys are basically made of pistons. Yeah, that's. I mean, I know how like hydraulic press and stuff mm-hmm. work. So, why don't we have like hydraulic bill exoskeleton suits? Or do we? We do. 
Okay. There are, yeah, there's some, uh, especially like robots and stuff like that that are all fluid, like more like this based. Okay. Uh, these guys have very velvety, waterproof skin. Their entire bodies are covered in small pipula, mm. tiny protrusions with brushels, uh, brushels sensitive to touch and smell. <laughs> Basically, it's like they're kind of like hairs, but they're not hair. Right, yep. And their whole body is covered with them, and they kind of smell, taste, and feel with their entire body. Yeah. Uh, they're, they, they're made up by overlapping scales, which give the velvet worm a, a really, really vel- velvety appearance. It also makes their skin completely water repellent. That's awesome. They're hydrophobic. So, yeah, we need. I mean, I'm sure we have suits and stuff made out of these too. This <laughs> material. These guys have lots of little stubby feet. Their feet are described as conical, baggy appendages. They they look like literally a really fat, chunky jelly bean centipede. Uh, it's just so funny. Depending on the species, <laughs> velvet worms can have between 13 and 43 pairs of feet. The feet are hollow, fluid-filled, and have no joints. Wait, why is it an odd number? Hmm? 13, oh, yeah, 13, oh, pairs of feet. Yes. Uh, okay, I was just... Pairs. Saying, 13 to 43. What an odd... Range? range. <laughs> really odd range. Centipedes and millipedes, uh, which they aren't related to, do have that same kind of phenomena. Huh. Depends on the species. It just depends on how many body segments you have. Right, yeah. It's just a weird 13 or 43. I mean, it's Each, not like... Each little stubby foot has one claw. Ooh. Each foot is outfitted with this hook claw that's made of chitin. Okay, like a little nail. Mm-hmm. Their actual name means bear claws or claw bearers. Claw bearers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Their scientific name. Uh, Bell worms use their claw when they're walking on uneven terrain, smooth surfaces, and they can retract their claw into a foot cushion. Like a cat. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at these little freaky guys. Velvet worms are extremely vulnerable to dehydration. Like insects, velvet worms breathe through holes along the sides of their body called trenchula. Unlike insects, though, velvet worms cannot close these holes to prevent water loss, so they easily mm-hmm. dry out. For this reason, velvet worms spend most of their time hidden in moist areas in the soil, under rocks, and in rotting logs. They're mostly active at night and during rain events. Makes sense. These guys use their slime as weapons. Velvet worms ambush or ambush predators. These guys are predators. They're the cutest predators on the planet. <laughs> uh, they hunt really small invertebrates by night. They subdue their prey with spit or with squirts of sticky, quick hardening slime from a pair of glands near their heads. It's a, it reminds me of Spider-Man's web shooters. Yes, it yeah. looks very similar. Yeah. After their prey is uh, entrapped, the veltworm bites into it, injecting digestive slime and saliva that helps liquefy the insides for an easier snack. The slime is def- is uh, extremely energy- extremely costly to make, so the velvet worm will often eat any excessive slime they produce to store in their up their reserves. Okay. At least one species is highly social, with strict uh, dominance hierarchy. They live in groups of up to fifteen individuals, ruled by a dominant female. The groups hunt together. And after they kill, or after a kill, that the dominant female always feeds first, followed by other females, then males, then finally the young. The social hierarchy is established and maintained during aggressive, high-ranking individuals will chase, bite, kick, and claw their subordinates. These guys have. There's one species. It's it's incredible that they have. It's not like ants, to where it's like an ant colony almost acts as one organism. Gotcha. Okay. These guys act like a pack of wolves. Wow. Oh, okay. Okay. Our pride alliance. Gotcha. Odd for a 
Well, what would this be considered? So an invertebrate. It's a, it, it is an invertebrate. Yes, invertebrate? it's just a very a, a real basic one. Okay, and I don't mean basic as in not highly evolved. I mean basic as in they've been around. Right. Their order has been around forever. Mm-hmm. It's an efficient body or plan, whatever it works. Mm-hmm. Hasn't changed in 500 million years. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, but before, but yeah, just so you want to try to say the name oh. of the the scent or the it's right there. It's the one that ends in what looks like ravioli. <laughs> oh gosh, Europe. <laughs> Come on, Uper Peripatoides ravioli. No. Ravioli. Roellis. Roellis. It just looks like ravioli. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's a long but they're they, difficult word. They have a social hierarchy. Ooh, the velvet worm hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So velvet worms are survivors. They belong to a clay that has been around for about five hundred ish million years. Fossilized marine versions of velvet worms from the Cambrian period have been found in the Burgrass Shell in Canada. And that was five uh five hundred and five million years ago in the Chengjing formation in China. 520 million years ago. Velvet worms are now considered to be the close relatives of arthropods and tardigrades. So these are the branching species they think uh, that their descendants became arthropods and their descendants became tardigrades. Okay. Oh, tardigrades. Yeah, these are the pre. These are what si- some scientists believe to be pre-tardigrades. If you look at them, it makes a lot of sense. They have a lot of similarities. You don't think it would be the other way around, though? No. Why not? Hmm? Why don't you think tardigrades would be first and then turn into these somehow? Because they would have lost a lot of very beneficial traits. The tardigrades would have? To become bevel orbs. Hmm. Specifically the moisture ability. Yeah, I, well, true. You got to look at who, like, literally, these guys can't close their valves to keep moisture in. Right. Tardigrades have an extremely developed moisture system. The ones so, we know of now. Yeah. yeah, so they wouldn't have lost that. I mean, maybe they lost that to gain web shooting ability, like... No. You gotta give really, and take. It, it really limited their ability, the ranges they can live in, and stuff like that. Well, true compared so, to tardigrades as a whole, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if like one branched out and just liked liked this niche, this job, and it just became so, that. So uh, there. So paleontologists <laughs> became that they might help provide the idea of what ancestors arthropods were like. So these were before shelled animals completely, right? And tardigrades have very large mass of shells. Am I thinking of the same thing in tardigrades? As water, water bears? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they have large shells? I thought they were like they're microscopic. Pretty much, yeah. They're, but they have shells that block uh, solar radiation. Really? Yeah. I don't like, think you realize how advanced a tardigrade is. No, it just looks like a little squishy No, they thing. drive the vacuum of space. Well, I knew that. They eat metal. They do everything. Yeah. So, yeah, it would make sense that they're not the first thing. They're the final version. Hmm, Okay. Uh, they have a number of so these guys have a very uh, a number of really bizarre reproductive strategies. All velvet worms reproduce sexually, okay, except for Eurypyrus immathurian. Oh, that one. Okay, they were they reproduce through parthenogenesis. They have no males of their species, uh, so they are just pretty much produced by cloning. So they're all females. Yes. Yeah. Or yes, I guess yeah. What they just how do they clone? Like what do you mean? Like they they just copy their own DNA in their eggs. Oh, they give a- they birth eggs mm-hmm. or no I, these eggs ones. or live birth, depending on which species. What about this one? Species? I don't know. Hmm. I just don't, don't know how that works. You just clone. It's the same thing Komodo dragons do. Is they just produce in quail? No. Oh, chickens. Anyways, other velvet worm species have evolved several creative ways to deliver the male sperm to the female's egg. Some species deposit their spermophores directly into the female's genital openings. 
although other means by which do <laughs> this varies a lot. Some species of male use specialized structures on their head, like snails, <laughs> and other species have spikes, spines, and pits to entrap and hold sperm to transfer to the female. Mm. So forced. Kinda. Uh, just it, it's really very ancient organisms. Yeah. It's like I'm breeding with you. So the males of the genus Parthiopotheus just deposit their spermophores on seemingly random spots in the female's body. This stimulates a, a localized breakdown of their skin. The sperm can pass through their body and migrate to the ovaries, hmm. where fertilization takes place. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Glad we don't do that. Most bevel worms give birth to live young. Female bevel worms can store sperm for many months, uh, even years, before using it to fertilize eggs. The gestation period takes up to 15 months in some species. These guys have a longer gestation period than some elephants. That's crazy. Uh, most give birth to live young, although a few species do lay eggs. Young velvet worms are born fully developed, and they look like miniature versions of the adult. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. 15 years? Months. Months. Sorry. That's what I meant. 15 months? Yes. To what? To grow another gestate. worm? Or just to hold on to that? No, just gestate. From fertilization of egg till one gives birth. From that tiny little worm? That takes for that's forever. Yes, that's so weird. Freaky fauna. That is freaky. So these guys are like a really crazy hodgepodge of a lot of odd no. characteristics. What is happening is these guys are a very ancient order. Yeah, and their descendants have only taken some traits and moved on from. And, yeah, which means these guys were bef- before tardigrades. Yes. Ah. Okay, it's all adding up now. The velvet worm. Yeah. It was the- them and mushrooms. Yes. Wait, really? I was just joking. Yeah. Huh? Mushroom has a 580 million old mycelia network fossil. And these guys were 500 million? Wow. They're older than sharks. <laughs> older than bones. Older than trees? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sharks are older than trees. Older than the mountains, actually. Blowing like the breeze? Flowing. Flowing, I don't Yeah. <laughs> no, these guys oh. have survived every mass extinction on the planet. We should write a velvet worm story. These guys have just, they've been, they've seen everything. And it's weird. It's, they're always there. They're always the background characters. Yeah. And just like fungus. It's just like, it's weird to think about that. They're always these characters that like the whole world can have these massive meltdowns around them. And the fungus. And they just keep trucking. Yeah. The velvet worm and the, oh, okay. So yeah. So, but you look at them and you realize like these guys can dehydrate. You look at them and they're like, they're so primitive. Like, right. Yeah. Simple biological systems. And they're like, and then you look at them and you realize you guys survived every mass extinction on the planet. Yeah. So they're not that bad at. Including Hanging the great on. dying. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, there's got to be some origin story between a velvet worm and a mushroom. Like, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, oh, I can't think of the word. I Like collaborating or, you know, working together. At some point in time, they're like, all right. Well, and these guys have a social structure. Right, there's exactly. There's a species that has, a, like, a pack. A, a hierarchy. That uses the hunt, and they have a hierarchy, and then they bully their subordinates. They probably learned it from the mushrooms. No, mushrooms are like a coral reef. Well, I think mushrooms can talk. Maybe, you know, the mushrooms don't do it. Yeah, you're right. But they taught the worms, like they educated them. They had to bully each other. And so, yeah, oh, yeah, they needed it. Mushrooms need entertainment too. Like, come on. They got a bit, they need their own form of entertainment. They're like, these guys are probably older than most species of fungus. Let's pit this worm against this one. Let's put the web slinger one against the acid throwing one and see what happens. 
So like uh, I do, I do believe fungus was the trees at the time. Yeah. That that was the big uh, the tall fungal colonies. Hmm. And then velvet worms are crawling around them or something. Mm-hmm. Were velvet worms like bigger in the past too? Do yes. we have any like a lot significantly like giants? Yes. Okay. Like that. Like the arthro arthro. No, several feet long. Okay. Still, the marine cousins, uh, the the marine version of velvet worms, probably giant, were a lot bigger. Max. They were active predators, and these guys were what we think kind of had the first, not true jaws, but the first set of jaw like structure. Okay. More like a, uh, you ever seen those doors that open and close, like the round circle doors where they all kind of go in? Hmm. Like alien spaceships, like in TVs, have them. I, I can't oh, remember okay, the name, yeah, yeah. They I know look like about. an eye. Yeah, and it opens. opens and closes yeah. with all the like the, the triangles, the different segments that all meet in the middle. That's yeah. their mouth. Okay, gotcha. Okay, sounds scary. Don't, don't want to put find, wind your finger in the middle of that. I mean, they also inject digestive fluid into you and, and let dis- you melt, dissolve you from inside out. Hmm. Well, I've been the great and powerful mystery, and I've been Jay. To this weekend, I want you to go outside, enjoy some fine weather, mm-hmm. take a picture of the flower. Just take a picture of a flower. They're out there. Yeah, find one. Take a picture of it. Talk your, to a mushroom. It's your task. These are your tasks for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, wave at a cloud. Wave at a cloud. Put your toes in the. Get some dirt under your toenails. Just dig your feet in the dirt. I didn't say that. That's kind of weird. That's what I want you to do. That's my task for you. Until you get like a shove your piece toes. of glass. Shove your toes into some Most dirt. Most people are in the cities. Well, get out of the city. They may not have dirt. That's that's the problem. You're, you're being very prejudiced. You need grounded. You need grounded with Mother Earth. I've been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been Jay again. Have a good weekend, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Freaky Fat on a Friday. If you want to help the podcast grow, remember to share and give it a five-star review.